Hello, and welcome to the Whole Equestrian Podcast. We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness, discussing topics related to mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. Our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses. I am Dr. Tyler Held, a certified mental performance consultant with my doctorate in sport and performance psychology. I am a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, a gym owner, semi-retired professional five-star groom, and lover of all things equestrian, health, fitness, lifelong learning, all the things, Um, and I've been really enjoying getting into some of these guest episodes. Um, You know, if you've been a longtime listener of the show, Emily just settled down at her new farm in Aiken, South Carolina. So while she's busy getting the business set up, I've been expanding and having really fun conversations with a lot of guests on the show. Um, So this week we are joined by Juliana Chapman, um, and I'll kind of go over her bio and everything like that. Um, But it's a a really fun episode. Uh, Hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Juliana Chapman is a technology marketing professional and lifelong equestrian who grew up in Rhode Island and showed in the Pony and Children Hunter Division and later rode adult hunters in the Bahamas, which I can't wait to hear about. Um, She is founder of the Tech Equestrian, a technology and lifestyle blog that is designed to provide insights on the latest technology technology solutions in the horse world. Her articles are also featured in EQ Living, Sidelines, and the World Equestrian Center magazine. She also owns her own chestnut appendix thoroughbred mare named Faith and is currently training to show in the fall in Florida. Juliana, thank you so much for being on the show. I can't wait to hear more about that bio because I feel like I already have like seven questions for you just based off of that. Oh my gosh, Tyler, it's wonderful to be a part of your of your podcast. I'm really excited to share my story and I hope everyone will have a chance to read the blog and and kind of gather some great horse tech information. There's so much happening in the space. um, And that's really kind of the reason that I created it about four years ago. Um, Just not only have I been riding since I was young um, and I own my own pony, um, but I've also worked, um, I, I did actually journalism in college, and then I worked for um, for tech companies, um, including Gartner, which is a technology advisory services company based in the U.S., but it's actually global. Um, so one of the, the aspects I loved about it is that it really showcased technology and all the different areas and how it, it impacts the consumer world. So I got thinking, I'm like, you know what? I know that there's so much happening. We all use our smartphones. We're all on laptops. We're using Zoom, you know, day in and day out. Like, how is that uh, translating to the horse world? Well, there's actually so many different apps out there. Um, So when I created the blog, I actually looked at creating categories um, that people can look at and search and it's just amazing that um, so much has happened within the four, last four years um, when it when it comes to horse tech. So um, so yeah, I I'm really excited to kind of share my story. Um, so yeah, that's what I got for for now. But you know, keep firing the questions away. 
<laughs> yeah, no, no. And honestly, um, for me, it was really cool to go through your blog and like see how much is out there. Like of the apps that I knew on the mar that were on the market, there's probably 20 yeah. more that I was like, oh my gosh, look at all these <laughs> opportunities. And for me, working in the field of sport and performance psychology, technology has given me this wide access to people um, because I do most of my consulting via Zoom. And one of the things that I'm so used to in Chester County, Pennsylvania, and I grew up in Maryland, is there's a trainer on every corner in this area, and there's someone good that can help you. And if you don't fit with someone, you can go to the next one. Perfect. And through my sports psychology business, I've gotten to meet a lot of Midwesterners or people yeah. in not such heavy eventing areas. And yeah. what do you do when the one person that's close to your farm isn't the right fit and isn't the right teacher for you. And there's these things like um, Ride IQ and Pivo and all of this stuff that you can start to use and really take control of your own learning and, and technology. So we'll definitely be getting into a lot of the technology um, recommendations in the future. But first, I want to hear about how you ended up riding in the Bahamas. <laughs> well, um, I really definitely all the the stars aligned. Um, so my husband and I were living in Connecticut and he worked for a financial company that has a, um, a organization in the Bahamas. So they approached him and said, Hey, would you and your wife want to move there? And it would be on, um, they have to sponsor people. You know, if you're, you're from the States and you work there, you have to be sponsored. So I actually gave up my job and, um, you know, we moved there for two years because we knew it was going to be temporary, but how many times do you have that opportunity? Like we couldn't say no to that. Right. <laughs> so, um, and what happened was not only, you know, was it an amazing place to live, um, gorgeous, you know, plenty of, you know, beautiful beaches, turquoise waters, everything that you see, uh, you know, online. And if you've had the chance to visit, great. Um, if not, I highly encourage it. But there was actually a stable that I could walk to. Oh from my gosh. The place, the place we rented. So that's when I really, you know, I think a lot of us can um, relate to the fact that when you're an equestrian, especially if you're young and you start out pretty young, you go in and out of the sport, depending on your, you know, your life choices or you're going to college or what have you. So things come up and you get away from it and then you come back. Well, this was a great re-entry for me. So it allowed me to ride. Um, I leased a horse there. I, I did adult hunters and equitation. They have a really vibrant uh, community, a horse community wow. there. So we had horse shows in the winter months, obviously not in the summer months, but in the winter months. And I would show against the young kids and there were other adults that, you know, I took lessons with and it was such a great experience. Um, so I was super lucky. And I was, the other great thing was not only did I have, a, I loved my instructor, um, she was amazing. And every lesson was different. And she would, you know, we would do jumping and gymnastics. Uh, and then we do dressage. I mean, she really kind of mixed it up and I was never bored. Then we also had a lot of um, instructors fly in from the States. So we had really? a lot of Florida clinicians would come in for the weekend because, of course, they're they're going to be like, sure, it's a 45 minute flight and I'm going to be in the Bahamas for the weekend. I'm not going to say no to that. So we also had that, you know, exposure 
that you wouldn't think you would have living on an island. So yeah, I loved it. And it really got me back into riding. So when I moved back to Connecticut, I said to my husband, we're going to move to Florida because there's so many horses there. So many great trainers. I love, and I got used to the weather, you know, you just kind of learn to adapt. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I rode, when I first started riding there in that hot weather and the humidity, I would drink just regular water, bottled water. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I I have to, it's gotta be more than that. So it would be water, Gatorade, you know, electrolytes. Like you really needed more to, to uh, fulfill yourself and get through your lesson. Um, so I just got used to it and I, I'm like, all right, that's my goal. I want to move to Florida. And then, you know, things fell into place. I mean, it took a while. It didn't happen overnight, but you know, now I'm kind of living the dream. So I love <laughs> so it. I'm really lucky. Really lucky. I, yeah. I love it. And and you have a thoroughbred mare chestnut. There's a lot going on in that statement. <laughs> Does she fit the, the bill of the standard uh, chestnut mare? she's a little fiery but she's she's definitely older so I think that's helped kind of take the edge off her but um but she challenges me um we have a really great relationship um and I love the stable I'm at so we have a covered arena which for Florida is ideal um so you can kind of ride in any weather um and it's just it's a it's a great great spot yeah I love it. I love it. And one of the things that like excited me to talk about with you mm-hmm. uh, is just the fact that you have horses as part of your life, not yeah. the, the traditional yes. like, hey, this is my I wake up and I take care of 16 horses. But right. you've still sort of paved your way into doing some journalism, having your blog. Do, mm-hmm. is that, do you have all the hands in one basket or different baskets yeah. fitting your yeah. life together or do you have a full-time job as well as all I, of do. That? I do I wow. do <laughs> <Yes. Wow. laughs> yeah so I work for a technology company it's actually okay. a software company and um it's pretty demanding you know uh with travel now you know more people are traveling so I'm I, I do travel at least once a month um so it's good and bad I mean I I don't mind traveling and I get to go to great places, um, West coast, um, Chicago, I get to go to uh, my, the, the main office is in Texas. So I, I travel there as well. Um, and I have a a great team of people I work with and my boss is super understanding. Like I'll say to her, I'm like Friday morning, I take a lesson. So I won't be online until like 10, 10 Mm AM Eastern time. And I support a West coast team. So it actually works out. Um, and then, um, one week, uh, you know, in the like late afternoon, I'll go to the barn and then I'll, I'll be there all weekend. So it, it's a nice balance and I don't feel like I'm too stressed out with work, but I have the ability to ride. So it, it really does give me that, that nice, um, release and my, it's my therapy. It really is. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's I feel like uh, recently I've come to terms with the fact that like riding doesn't have to be this be all end all. You go to a horse show and it it can just be therapy. It can just be fun. It can just be your time to release, relax and unwind. And I I was in the high performance world for so long that there Mm -hmm. was some tension for that mindset but I love that you kind of have that balance you've got this sort of uh dual duality to bringing Mm -hmm. technology into horses and using horses to relieve from your 
you know, yeah. tech tech job. Um, out of curiosity, because you do have technology experience uh, in the tech world, right. do you feel like there's a difference uh, with the equestrian community? To me, sometimes like we're a little bit behind as equestrians and we're a yeah. little bit slow to adapt. Do you find that there's resistance or less uh, quick innovations in the equestrian world or what's your take on that? Yeah, it's a um, great question because... Um... I, I definitely, when I started the blog four years ago, I could, when I immediately started writing and interviewing vendors and, and people that used technology or were thinking about it, we were about five years behind the consumer world when it comes to adoption of technology. Mm -hmm. That because of the pandemic, however, I think it's, it's decreased to about two years behind. I Very think that's cool. really forced a lot of people to use apps, to use um, the communication tools that technology gives us, um, or it could be cameras or secure, you know, things like that, um, wearable devices. So I think that really piqued a lot of people's interest. Plus people had a little more time to kind of research. I mean, mm -hmm. I've been noticing my, my website year over year, the, the page views is it's up almost 40% year wow. over year. So people are definitely hungry to learn more on how technology can help them when it comes to horses and horse care and barn management, et cetera, and even competition. So it's really exciting to see. But yeah, so when I first started, it was like five years. We were five years behind. I would say we're about two years now. And again, the other thing, and it is a little frustrating because a lot of my trainers are in their, you know, they're about 50, 60 year old and they're some of them are sort of open to it, but they're also kind of set in their ways. Um, I still see a lot of whiteboards at barns. Yep. So I kind of, <laughs> I kind of cringe a bit because I'm like, there are other tools out there and they don't cost a lot. You know, there's actually some apps that are, that are free that they could use. And there's some others that are subscription models, but um, like you said earlier, there is a lot to choose from. And it, and it's becoming, you know, also where you can customize the experience that you want. So it's exciting. Yeah. yeah and, and it's funny to see the growth as someone in the industry, too. Um, I think it was probably around 2016. Um, I was managing a barn and we started using Stable Secretary, mm -hmm. um, yeah. the, the yeah. app and just the updates that they made to that particular app from right. 2016 yes. to today yes. was like they started integrating QuickBooks. I would send the bills out. You can sure. set reminders for when your horses need hock injections yes. and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I, every time I went into a new barn and they've got the big binder of like handwritten dates for vaccines, I was like, let's get rid of this. Like you just add all the horses at once and yes. kind of go uh -huh. from there. So, yeah. And even like for any barn out there, any trainer who's listening to this technology is a differentiator for your business. Like mm -hmm. if I was marketing a barn, I would be like, okay, this is, these are the apps we use to manage not only the horses, but the lesson schedule. This is how you communicate. It's all done through the app. Um, this is how everything's tracked. I mean, and then you can get into the training aspect. Like you could even have a Pivo or any of those um, 
some of them come with a camera, but it actually records your rides. And mm-hmm. then you can, you can, you'll get a copy of the ride afterwards. So maybe you have that as part of your lesson program. Like you buy a, a five pack and you get all the videos from your lessons. Yeah. So it, it's a differentiator and it will become that way as me, people get more savvy on how to use it. Um, so yeah, the, it's like I said, I feel like we're at the the starting gate, you know, it's like that or the early days of getting used to it. But as soon as, you know, more young people and more young trainers embrace it, it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, definitely. And like the, the Pivo is such a game changer, like to, to be someone that goes down to Florida for three months out of the year and then can keep a relationship with your Florida trainer because you go back to Ohio Mm -hmm. and you have, you have them still lessening with you. Um, so you, you started about four years ago, were you actively using technology as an equestrian before you started the tech equestrian or was there stuff available before then? Like what was, what was yeah. your introduction to the space? It was, it was fairly limited. Um, a lot of it was stable secretary, barn mm-hmm. manager. I actually, my first article, I compared like four apps that were mm-hmm. barn management apps, um, but they still had pretty robust capabilities at that time. Um, but there really wasn't much else. Then it became, and it's kind of like the waves of, of something new. Then there were a lot of wearables on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you got, if you remember Hilo Fit, yep. but that was a, that was a wearable you would put, I think it was on the girth or on the sa- saddle pad and they did a ton of promotion and they were at a lot of the big competitions um on the east coast um but again it came down to funding and people embracing it i think they were a little too early to the game but now we're seeing more of the ridely apps and the the access to trainers ride iq so you have access to trainers all around the world with these subscription services which which is just fantastic I mean, I, uh, I, I'm like blown away by how, how great it is. And, um, and any, any young person or anybody who really wants to increase their riding knowledge, I would highly recommend, you know, any of those subscriptions. And they're really not that expensive, especially because you know how much we pay for lessons. (laughs) No, exactly. Exactly. You have to think about like what is the cost value breakdown and like yep. for something like Ride IQ where you have a voice in your head giving you a very structured yeah. lesson, right. okay, you might not have the feedback there, but then if you sort of layer on another technology and have your Pivo record you, then you yep. can add that self-intrinsic yep. feedback and really make like a valuable system for yourself but and you know have those rides where you are not only listening to someone but then getting to see oh how effective was I in executing that exactly and it actually helps your conversation with your trainer because it kind of gives you that the background and another viewpoint to then add to what they're telling you so it it's a really it's almost like a 360 review yeah so I love it um, and I'm actually a big Ridely app fan. I, I watched, um, I'm doing a lot of like, because I'm I'm training for um, hunter classes and just getting my mare back into the show ring. I'm doing like training on poles. So okay. I'm just, I'm watching like top show jumpers, like 
just how do they do it? And, and the cool thing about the Riley app, a lot of the sessions are only 15 minutes long. So it's really, it's bite size and it's easy to retain it. And then when you're in the saddle, you're like, oh yeah, I remember how she did it. It was Lily Keenan did the actual, um, the program and um, I loved it. And it's, and it's just, it's something that you can take with you or you could listen to it in the barn before you get on, or you can listen to it in the saddle if you really want. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, so many, uh, like, I feel like a lot of our listeners are maybe, you know, amateurs but amateurs that take it seriously right yes. and like yep. you always one of mm-hmm. the reasons that we do this sport is because we want to feel like we're improving and getting better and when you have something that is giving you the frameworks to measure your growth and to actually think for yourself and grow for mm-hmm. yourself uh yep. it's 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 different than okay i have one lesson a week i'm going to try to retain what my trainer said to me and i'm going to you know by day 4 after my lesson just go to my normal habits of putzing around cantering yes. a couple times each directions and calling it a day you know that's so true yeah i'm there with you <laughs> i feel like we're we're all guilty of that right <laughs> that's great they even have and tyler you would love this they have a, a grooming section like there's oh. actually um you know best ways to groom and and certain aspects of that so yeah i mean ev- as you know every little aspect of riding can be an education so and, and and having that ability to watch it on an app or online is just it just makes it so much easier. Yeah, no, um, I actually I did a a trial week of Ride IQ. I don't have like a horse that I lessen or anything, so sure. like I obviously don't invest in any of the. I totally would if I you know sure. list a horse or or had goals, but typically when I'm riding these days, it's just going for a hack or you know. Yeah. T- taking something for fun. Uh, mm-hmm. But I did download, uh, I was at Kentucky this past year and I met the Ride IQ people and I was like, oh, this sounds like such a cool software. Uh, and they've got some sports psychology on that app as That's well. Right. And yeah. they've got some like pre-performance routines mm-hmm. and all the stuff that, you know, I sort of live and breathe. And I think uh, Ashley Johnson, if I'm remembering correctly, is who does the sports psychology on there. And she's like Harvard educated and um, so great. just just a very cool resource to have in your back pocket that says like, Perfect. hey, here's this person like telling you mm-hmm. this thing. Um, and you just it takes your own sort of mental thinking out of it mm-hmm. and just like, yes. just do do what they tell you. Just yes. just, just do it. <laughs> Don't overthink it. I know. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Yeah. Like I said, and again, they're at you know, there's a bunch of training apps. Each one has its, you know, great features. Um, and if you want to, you know, subscribe to them all and compare them, yeah, go, you know, have at it. I think it's, it's all great. Um, and I love that every vendor kind of comes to it with a different fresh view and offers different features. So yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, speaking of like, we've kind of thrown some names out there and stuff like that. Um, you've got tons of resources for the different apps that we can look into um, on your blog, but I kind of want to go through um, the whole equestrian has four pillars. So we always talk about mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. And I would love to hear your take on like your go-to recommendation for each of these pillars, if you have them, or, you know, if there's a couple that you want to talk about, uh, I'd love to kind of go through that. 
All right. Yeah. Let's, you may start with mindset. Yeah. Let's do, uh, right. let's do mindset first. So some of these, are, some of them are horse oriented, some are not. Um, so for mindset, I'm a huge Tony Robbins fan. I'm not sure if you got, if you're familiar, but he's that, you know, highly motivational speaker. Um, I recently saw him on a podcast that he was on or listened to him. And I just, there's something though about the way he's such a great storyteller and he's yep. so engaging. Like you're just like on the edge of your seat. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh. And whatever comes out of his mouth, you're like, yes, why didn't I think of it that way? And, and it's all common sense things. It's just, it's his spin on it and how he can, it just makes it seem like, you know what, we're going to get through this together. It's a journey and we're going to learn at the same time and be open to, you know, growing and you might fail, but Hey, we're on the same road to to succeed and let's let's do this together so I just love the way his his style um mm -hmm. so if if I'm ever challenged at work or maybe I'm having a, like a bad day or whatever sometimes I just like listen to his talk yep. um and that really kind of gets me back to where you know it grounds me and and helps me move forward so I'm a huge again Tony Robbins I love I love him I do you know follow him on Instagram as well because there's always you know tidbits that he throws out there um so yeah I would recommend him I yeah. love that. Yeah, I uh, I have been known uh, to listen to a motivational speech. I ran a half marathon back in the day and like running is not my strong suit. Sure. Like it, it was totally a mind over matter type yeah. quest for me. Yeah. And I literally like during my half marathon was listening to like Tony Robbins and motivational speakers mm -hmm. and just like letting that pump through me while I was, oh, you know, I'm like three, three more miles left. Let's go. <laughs> it's awesome. So, and I know there's so many out there. There's a yeah. lot to choose from, but he's kind of, he's kind of my, the top. Um, so for fitness, um, and this is equestrian related, okay. uh, hay bales and barbells. Okay. I've never heard of this. So Jamie is the creator. She's the fitness guru. She's an equestrian and she has a subscription service. So you can, I actually just signed up for the four week mobility program. Ooh. So you create an account and she, it's really cool. Cause there's like two week, four weeks, six weeks or 12 week programs. And she, she's just ran a special too. Um, she, I would, I would recommend people following her on Instagram and Facebook. Cause she does put samples of her workouts. Um, again, very motivating, and the cool thing is she, it's all riding focused. So it's, it's the areas of the body that we use the most when we ride and how to keep, keep active and keep them toned. So, um, so, you know, I would, again, highly recommend, um, hay bales and barbells. So check I'll, them. I'll yeah. have to reach out to her and see if she could come yeah. on the podcast. She would be amazing. Because, yeah. yeah, that would be, be a great. fun. And yeah. I feel like for fitness, like it's so... I, I, we've had a couple of fitness equestrian yeah. professionals on um, and like there's always one-on-one -on -one work available, but to sure. have that like sort of subscription service that says, Hey, I'm just going to do this on my own time, wherever yes. I am, yeah. like yep. follow exactly. through the motions. And I'm assuming it's like similar to other fitness apps where you kind of have like a visual for what you're supposed mm -hmm. to be doing as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And when you sign up too, you put down like, do you want to do it right away? Do you want to do it in two weeks, three weeks? So you can, again, it's a little, 
no pun intended, it's flexible uh, to your schedule. So it's great. Yeah, it's really Very smart. Cool. Very yeah. cool. Awesome. All right. So nutrition. Um, I recently did uh, Nutrisystem about six months ago, and they actually have an app called NUMI, and that's N-U-M-I. Oh my gosh, it's a game changer because I mean, the food is okay. You know, Nutrisystem, it's all about portion control and you kind of eat throughout the day. Um, but the fact that it records everything, like you put in what you're eating and then it spits back how many of the calories and, and where you are to your goal, it really helps keep you in that mindset and keep you focused on the end goal. And it's one of those programs. I I'm sure a lot lot of people are familiar, you know, it takes a little while. It's not going to happen overnight, but within two weeks, you know, you start losing the pounds. Um, and I lost about 15 pounds, uh, and it took me about like 10, I was going to say, um, about a month and a half or so. Wow. And then from there, it's just kind of keeping maintaining that. Right. 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 So I always have in my mind, like, make sure I don't eat too many, you know, large portions and just, you know, really be conscious of that. And that's, it's hard. Cause if you go out to eat, you know, you get these big portions. So a lot of times my husband and I are like, we'll split a meal. I'm like, oh, I feel so old because I'm splitting a meal. But it, but then you're like, you're not gaining a ton of weight. You're not going home and you're exhausted because you ate too much or you're too full. So it works. But I do love that app. Um, and I think a lot of the nutritional programs out there now, Weight Watchers, I think a lot of them do have apps. But mm-hmm. they, they, it really makes a big difference, I think. Well, and it's it's getting that like tracking feedback, right? And I feel like it, when you have something like Nutrisystem, it just re- alleviates a lot of the guesswork, right? Like I do it sometimes by myself on my fitness pal, right? You can go enter everything that you ate during the day, yeah. but it it's a lot harder to do it yes. that way when you're yes. like, this, this is what I'm trying to calculate. Um, the one thing I'll say about like that, like my fitness pal is cool. Cause you can add in a 60 minute horseback ride and it will guesstimate how many oh, calories perfect. you burn yeah. that so perfect. that you're not yep. under eating too. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like that's another big problem for the yes. equestrians, like yes. especially barn workers, right. That are like working a physical labor job people don't understand that nutrient like nutrition is all about the nutrients that you're getting and so you might not eat that many or calories during a day and still be very unhealthy because you're not getting the nutrition that you need and so there's this sort of fine line between the restrictive mindset and like actually getting nutrition i'm sure nutrisystem has that sort of yes shift as well like hey yeah that's a really good point. Cause that's one thing that we kind of adopted through that program is now every time we have a meal, we always have fruits and vegetables or a salad. Like there's always that, like that's kind of the anchor is to have something really nutritious with yep. it. Yeah. So I love that too. And they do, they do really instill that in the, in the program. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. And I feel like that's, equestrians are athletes like and and it doesn't matter what your best friend you know Stacy said when you were 10 years old when she's like hey the horse is doing all the work no it's not like it's hard to ride you know it's it's a difficult thing and so 
that's why we've included it as you know one of our pillars is the whole equestrian is if you want to be able to give your best to the horse you have to be able to give your best to yourself and you know 15 pounds you probably feel a lot better. You can probably also hold yourself a lot better. And I bet your horse notices the difference between sure. that as well. It really made a difference when I rode, like uh, the ability to ride longer. You're right. My position was better. Um, I just, I felt like I could do more. I could also, you know, it's all the grooming time and grease, you know, it's, it's that whole process that I, I now could, you know, kind of, um, easily, um, you know, endurance. I'm trying to think of the word endurance is how that endurance. And, you know, now it's summertime in Florida, we have high humidity. So I have to really keep hydrated. Um, or, you know, you know, people I've, you know, known some riders to, you know, pass out or, you know, be really lightheaded. So we have to watch that um, here, but yeah, it really makes a big difference, but you're right. You just have to be, you also have to be smart about it and make sure you're eating the right things. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Very cool. Well, yeah. And, and that's, I think nutrition is such a personal thing, but there are systems and resources in place all over, all over that you can, out of curiosity, is there any equestrian specific nutritionists or plans that you've come through in the tech community thus far, or is that uh, our beckon to the community for someone to come out and create that? Yes, there's a beckon to the community. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, you know, it's so funny you say that because when I try to, you know, every beginning of every month, I try to think of good story ideas or some vendors or some topics. And I'm like, there should be something about smart eating, um, not only for horses, there should be a, you know, an app for that, but for, for equestrians. So maybe there's something, maybe somebody's creating something like that, but I think that'd be amazing. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I've been doing a series for Eventing Nation called Between the Ears, where I ask uh, riders all these like, you know, sports psychology questions, like, yeah. when did you lose your confidence? When did you feel burnt out? And I was yeah. like, I think we should do a spin off nutrition series called like, what's on the plate and like, go through <laughs> what, yeah. what what elite equestrians eat in a day. I think it would be kind of a fun. Oh, I love it. I love that. Segue. But <laughs> I'm a little bit scared when I, I would hear like the answers, like I had black coffee at six o'clock in the morning and then a few sips of water and then a big, big pile of ice cream for dinner yep. and, and pizza out at the <laughs> The free pizza at the horse show. That is so true. Oh my gosh, that's great. (laughs) I actually, I uh, I connected with a nutritionist that's not uh, part of the horse world and she's on the queue to be on the the podcast as well. And she's got a sort of like Thrive 9 framework and mentality. And she used the term fat skinny. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely loved it because she's like, just because someone's skinny doesn't yeah. mean that they're healthy. And I feel like there are a lot of equestrians living off of coffee and chips and Dr. Pepper that yeah. like look great, but mm-hmm. they're kind of fat skinny. Like they're mm-hmm. not actually yeah. feeding their body. Well, so, I mean, you could do a whole segment on supplements. Cause yep. again, we, we know as, as equestrians, like horses get supplements. What about humans? 
what should we be taking? You know, when I first moved to Florida, I had a blood test taken just to see, you know, how, you know, my primary doctor's like, well, we'll do a blood test. Well, I was low in vitamin D and I'm like, but I live in Florida. I've got sun all year round. He's like, most people, no matter where you live are deficient in vitamin D. So I just thought that was, you know, super interesting. Um, and just, you know, the whole supplement market and what works and what doesn't would be fascinating. Yeah. Cause people get so like in tune to their smart packs. Right. Yes. And I, yes. I, had a, I actually had a horse that I bought that the owner like gave me this papaya supplement when, she, when I got him and she yeah. was like, he lives on this. And once the first jar was up, I was like, he doesn't need papaya. Like what is, what is that? Yeah. He, he literally went lame because it's because it's stomach hurt and I was like yeah. like I spent eight hundred dollars on injections he was sure. still lame I was going through all the list I was like well he was on this stupid papaya supplement like let me put him back on it and he went right. sound within a couple of days wow. and you have to think like would you want to go run around with a stomach ache like no oh yeah oh my gosh yeah see a great example wow yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Um, what about for community? Okay. Um, so for humans, I put uh Nextdoor app. I don't okay. know. Is Nextdoor app it's 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 pretty much across the US, right? I think I've heard of it. Is that where you can like find uh services and stuff? Or yeah, is that but people yeah. just use it for it's like the town caller. Like, have you seen the uh my you know, the coyote on this so and so street? You know, there's coyotes loose, or what is you know, or people will post a picture of a snake and they're like, What kind of snake is it? <laughs> like, or there's other, you know, there's like you know, there be careful about this car. And, you know, they were kind of, you know, going by the school bus and really slow, you know, so you're, so it's kind of like the watchdogs as well. Um, I, so I think that's kind of the new wave of, you know, because people don't really read newspapers anymore. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Really the local beat through next door app. But then on the horse tech side, there is an app, a horse community app called Live EQ. Okay. Um, so they do, they kind of do everything. You can find horses for sale. You put in, you know, where you live, um, barns, trainers, events, jobs. It is kind of like um, the digital bulletin board for riders uh, within where you live. And um, they've been, I think they've been, they've been around for a little while, but it's called live EQ is the app you can download cool. for free. Yeah. I, I feel like if we could all be in one space like that, it would be so much easier. I feel like yeah. if I want to get the word out, there's like 12 different Facebook groups that I'm going to yes. post on and not to like, you know, crap on Facebook groups. I yeah. think there's a good community, sure. you know, aspect to that as well, mm -hmm. but having something where it's hey this is where yeah. you go to talk about buying or selling versus this where you go to sell that saddle that's been sitting in your you know tack room for the last eight years right just yeah. those little things of common threads and connections i yes. feel like you have to go to all the different places so mm -hmm. just put it put it all in one place yeah no it's great and you know with technology, everything's geo selected, you know, it's, it's so much easier than it was in the past to yeah. um, be able to pinpoint where you're looking and what you're looking for. So. Very cool. 
Yeah. What's your favorite equestrian app? Ooh, good question. Um, <laughs> Putting you on the spot. <laughs> favorite, yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan of Main Street Market. Okay. Um, so that is an app that, and an online service that India Wilkinson created uh, probably about a year or two ago. And she has done amazing work with, um, you know, buying it's, it's a buying and selling site for horses. And, but she also incorporated service providers as well. And then she's added, talk about reinventing, you know, she's added auctions and now she's expanding internationally for the the sales. Um, And she's just an amazing woman and, and great, um, I think, mentor to other horse tech professionals. Um, And she has a really good business background so I, you know, when I see her and I see those types of solutions coming into the horse world, I get really excited because again, this is, this is where our industry needs to be. And hopefully there'll be more uh, people like her kind of leading the charge and um, kind of, you know, setting the tone for what can be achievable. Yeah. Yeah. No. And having, again, an app that you can go to instead of searching Facebook for like, the, right. oh, I'm in search of this. No, like just go, go to the app. It's there. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, the, that kind of stuff for workplace. I mean, Yard and Groom's been around forever, but yes. more and more like connections for equestrian jobs and services, yeah. just like you said, is, is so important to have. But that's actually a really good point because so there's a lot of um, traditional types of publications and traditional services but they can easily transition to the digital world as well. You know, right. so so even if you've been around for a while and you have services or you're or you're selling certain products, you know, there is so much opportunity now to to make things easier for, for people to find you and digitally um, engage with you. So yeah. so that's also exciting. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Lots of lots of good stuff. And uh, definitely getting on the, the blog to check out more. Uh, how do you find new tech that's coming out? Like, what's your process for that? I do a lot, um, obviously, on Instagram and Facebook. And then I also do um, Google has that search capability where you put in keywords and then it'll it'll send you reports. Either, you know, it depends on how often you want them. I think I put weekly. So okay. I get a report of all of the news stories that have the keywords of equestrian technology, horse tech. Like I give them a, a list. Very cool. And so it kind of, you know, pulls in what else is being reported out there or it's word of mouth or, you know, but a lot of times it is through social um, and it's amazing. Like, I'm still kind of shocked where I find something and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like, I get so excited when someone posts something brand new um, or they're going to be launching in a month or so. And I'm like, oh, and then I'll reach out and be like, hey, are you interested? I'll interview you and give you that visibility. So Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. No, uh, community as a pillar, uh, I feel like just Mm -hmm. getting out there and like learning what other people are doing in the industry, like having this podcast has opened my horizons to many different like walks of life in the horse world and uh, super interesting conversations. So it's great. It's really good. Um, So yeah. And I try to do at least, you know, two to three posts per month depending on my schedule and depending on what vendors are out there that are yep. open to 
um, sharing their stories. Um, but a lot of the current vendors will reach out to me as well and say, hey, we have a new release coming up and these are the features. So I'll try to highlight that as well. Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, to kind of wrap things up in true whole equestrian style, we have a segment we always do on our show called Books, Books, Books. Um, and so the the way that uh, for years the podcast has been me and Emily just kind of talking about our ourselves and our opinions. And we've kind of branched out to do these guest episodes. And so with the guest episodes, I love to hear one book that you're currently reading and one book that shaped your view of the world. Oh, gosh. Great questions. So um, I've kind of learned from my mom to when you don't read one book, you you read like four. (laughs) So I literally have a stack of books next to my nightstand. It's like, (laughs) I love it. So I'm like, okay, let's see which one. Okay. Well, I just, I picked this one up and it's very apropos for the podcast. Okay. Uh, It's Geraldine Brooks. uh, It's Horse a novel. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I, I won't, I won't spoil it. I actually just started reading, like I'm literally on the first chapter, (laughs) Um, but it's one of those where it's, it's kind of historical fiction and it goes, it's current day, but then it goes back in time type thing. And and it's, of course, it's about about a horse. So, um, you guys, you'll have to read that one. Um, but it was, I think it was, well, the author was a, was the winner of the Pulitzer Prize is the author. So well, there you go. Can't go wrong there. Um, And it's about horses. So (laughs) awesome. For for books that have shaped my worldview. Wow. That's a really good question. I don't think I've ever heard that one before. So that's, so that's awesome. Um, And I really had to think about it because I do, I love to read and I love, I love fiction. You know, I, I think because I'm, you know, that journalism background and that storytelling mind and creative yeah. mind. So when I think of worldview, I also I think of like nonfiction and I'm like, I don't really read much nonfiction. <laughs> so then I'm like, all right, well, who of the fiction writers <laughs> kind of gave me like a more of a worldview? I kind of go back to um, the, the the Hemingways and the Fitzgeralds. Okay. Because they, at the time, they were kind of groundbreaking for their genre and they, you know, they lived overseas, you know, they were in Paris and they were, you know, it was wartime and they kind of, you know, they were living in the moment and they were just, again, they were really cutting edge for their time. Um, And I love those writers so much that I named my cats after them. So I have a cat named Hemingway and a cat named Fitzgerald. (laughs) I love that. Um, and yes, Hemingway is actually pawing at me right now. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, so. Oh, hello, Hemingway. Yeah, he's an orange tabby and he's a polydactyl. So, oh yeah, with the extra. Yeah, and Hemingway had a house down in Key West where wow. all the cats are polydactyls. Wow. Yeah, so, that's- but, you know, again, they're, I think the worldview is because they traveled when, the, you know, when they were young and traveling back in the day wasn't that easy. So, um, and they just had really kind of wild stories <laughs> and wild characters and yeah. 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 And I, I, 
I like your analysis there too, because I feel like uh, my my answer for that is nonfiction. Um, it's Man's yeah. Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. He tells sure. like you know surviving the Holocaust and why people like are driven, but it doesn't have to be right. It doesn't have no, to be nonfiction yeah. to change your sure. view of the world. Uh, I feel like a lot of people uh, cite The Alchemist as a a big like perspective yes. changer, and that's that's fiction. So. Yep. Um, you know, that, that question is what you make it. And I, yeah. I like that. I'll have to, I'll have to revisit some of the classics after this. Yeah, episode. <laughs> kind of love the classics. Yeah. So, and, cool. and oh, the other thing I wanted to add, and this yeah. is, a, this is for mindset. I'm a huge Wordle person. I mm -hmm. love Wordle. Okay. I, I do that again. It's part of my morning routine where I, I have my coffee and I do my Wordle and it yep. like gets me going for the day. It gets my mind going. So, and I think that kind of, it, it dovetails nicely when you're also reading, if you're yep. like, you love to read. So it just kind of helps. It, it kind of brings everything full circle. Yeah, no. And I love like habits like that too. We talk mm -hmm. about it all the time on the podcast of like, what's yeah. your habit? What are you getting into? Um, you talk about technology. I am a sucker for like the streaks that apps keep, right? I'm, I'm learning Portuguese right now. And it's like, I have to do my Portuguese lesson mm -hmm. every day because Perfect. I don't want to break my streak yeah. on Duolingo or whatever. Yeah. It's funny, yeah. um, you know, you think of motivation. And when I talk about motivation in sports psychology, it's such a complex subject to analyze and be like, what motivates you? Why are you doing this? And sometimes just having an app that's keeping track of whether you've opened it or not that day yes. is it's a good yes. it's a good use technology love it. to your advantage in a world where sometimes social media is seen as such a dark place, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Yep. <laughs> it's just a matter of how you use it and your That's input. Yeah. So awesome. Great. Well, I absolutely loved this conversation, loved getting to know you a little bit more. Um, where can our listeners learn more about you and the tech of questions? Obviously, I'll, I'll put these links in the show notes and stuff like that. But just what's your Instagram? Well, I, you were telling me right before we recorded that you're having some Instagram problems. Yeah, so I'm going to be re I'm going to have a new account for my okay. Instagram and Facebook. So I'll be announcing that shortly. It'll mm -hmm. probably be like tech equestrian official you know, something that's a little more official. Yep. And then um, my website is the techrequestrian.com. So you guys, you know, you can follow me there. Um, and I usually, like I said, I post, I try to post twice, maybe three times a month, depending on the schedule. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, probably by the time this gets out, you'll have that new Instagram and Facebook. Yes. So I'll make sure I put that um, yep. for our listeners to to hit you up right. and, and uh, learn some more stuff about technology. Um, because, again, I think it's, you know, it, it's the age, right? Come, come right. and, come and yes. be a part of it. Yeah, it's all good. Awesome. Exciting. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening. And in the meantime, enjoy the ride.